No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contests without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up, and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE, and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. Welcome in to PFF's Daily Betting Podcast. Austin Gale here with my guy, Ben Brown, ready to rip it up after what I thought everyone went into this game, Ben, thinking it was going to be kind of a bad game between two very bottom feeder NFC East teams. I thought it was a, a really fun game in the second half. The Philadelphia Eagles pulled this one out 22-21 over the New York Giants. They were favored four and a half entering this game. Didn't cover that number, but still a lot of fun in this game. What were your kind of overall takeaways from uh, Philly's uh, kind of win over the New York Giants? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely entertaining. I don't know if it was good entertainment or bad entertainment, but uh, it was definitely enthralling, especially that last half of the fourth quarter. I thought was pretty entertaining. You know, uh, Evan Ingram basically dropping that third down pass, to, which would have sealed that the game brutal. for him. It was kind of brutal. I mean, it was a little bit tough from my perspective. I actually had Evan Ingram's under. I wrote it up at 37 and a half. He was sitting, and then it closed at 38 and a half, and he was actually sitting at 38 on that point. So I was actually kind of pleased to see him drop it, but then he ended up getting a garbage time <laughs> catch at the end to kind of null and void uh that whole situation in general but you know other than that you know daniel jones run of course got a lot of love on the uh, twitter verse as well which was you know entertaining of course kind of ran out of gas there at the end of the game kind of uh, maybe summed up the game uh quite well with that one particular run but i don't know i thought the eagles were going to kind of blow it um and they called that fourth fourth and goal fade that was looked like a pretty bad i don't even know if you can actually call that a fade route at the um when they kind of went for it on fourth down there with four yards i love the fact that they went for it i don't necessarily love the play call from that perspective but um yeah i would definitely say it was an entertaining game uh darius slight was a little bit quiet you know golden tate obviously had the one impressive catch he had actually a decent another decent catch out of bounds that didn't count i think he had pass interference on that play but uh other than that, I don't know. It was uh, there's definitely some good takeaways, but it looks like at this point that the G- Giants are going to be, uh, you know, at the bottom. I do think the Eagles are probably going to be favored here in the NFC East if we come out of the Week Seven slate. So, yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, I think with Dak Prescott injured, Andy Dalton playing like he did against the Arizona Cardinals on Monday night, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are the obvious favorite in what is a very bad NFC East. I mean, I think the winner of the NFC East could come out with five, six wins and still find themselves in the postseason. Some other takeaways in this game. Boston Scott, who's obviously filling in for the injured Miles Sanders, only averaged 3.8 yards per carry on 12 carries there, finished with 46 yards. Did have, however, the game-winning touchdown, so to speak, that was freaking awesome. Finished with three receptions for 46 yards and that touchdown. That was also a seed from Carson Wentz. I thought we saw 
some vintage Carson Wentz in this game. The interception was bad. I get that. But I do think that Carson Wentz playing outside of structure, winning on third downs, doing what he does under pressure, that's the Carson Wentz you want to see. Like, that's the one that wins football games in the NFL. I think we saw that guy tonight. What was your opinion of Carson Wentz tonight? Yeah, I mean, outside of the one kind of bad throw, it looks like he, I don't know, he does tend to throw across his body quite a bit. I don't remember, yes. if you remember him necessarily <laughs> doing that, like, previously, but he does seem to kind of um, resort to that a lot, which probably, you know, makes a lot of people uncomfortable just from, you know, how often that ends up poorly for quarterbacks in general. But I thought he did look good. You know, the Boston Scott um, pass touchdown at the end was a really good catch. It was a really good throw as well. He had another one where he kind of threw um, a decent bomb. I'm trying to remember exactly who it was too, but, you know, Richard Rodgers had a good game. He was someone that we talked up quite a bit on prize picks going over seven fantasy points. That was basically a lock um, in general as well. So I don't know. I do, I, I have, I would say that the last three games of Carson Wentz and then including tonight's game for four straight, I do think that he um, is looking like, you know, with the Dak Prescott injury, definitely the best quarterback of the NFC East, which isn't necessarily saying a whole lot, but it does seem like that's probably going to get them to the playoffs at this point in time. So that's definitely worth something. Two names I want to bring up on the Giants side before we jump to our prize pick segment here on the Daily Betting Podcast is Daniel Jones and also Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard was a guy that Nathan Yankee, who is a fantasy analyst here at PFF, highlighted as a guy that, if healthy, could lead this team in targets and be the most fantasy-relevant wide receiver on the New York Giants, ahead of Darius Slayton and Golden Tate, two guys that a lot of people liked entering this year. And in what was his first game back, I believe, since injury, six receptions, 59 yards on what was eight targets and a touchdown. I think Sterling Shepard can be somewhat fantasy-relevant moving forward. And the other name, Daniel Jones, continued to look so just out of touch, you know, under right. under duress. I mean, you saw the Brandon Graham strip sack. This guy gets strip sacked more than any quarterback in the NFL. He's oblivious to pressure in the pocket. He obviously had that 80-yard, you know, long run where he got eat up by the turf monster. I just still can't believe the mistakes this guy makes in the pocket. A lot of concerns with Daniel Jones, but I think Sterling Shepard may be a bright spot out of this game. What was your opinion of Jones and Shepard? Yeah, definitely. I mean, to this point, Daniel Jones hasn't really been relevant from the fantasy perspective course we kind of thought that his legs would you know give him a higher floor than what he was currently producing to start the season but this was kind of a game that I think um you would say is the top end of Daniel Jones range especially if you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective but like you said I mean the, the sacks the fumbles the interception wasn't great either there's just a lot of things working against Daniel Jones to the point where he doesn't necessarily look like the answer for the Giants uh long term in my opinion but I do agree I I think to start the season, I thought Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Darius Slate were probably all kind of interchangeable in certain situations, and, and it depended on, you know, like the volume profile for how well they were actually going to do on a week-to-week basis. I thought Darius Slate was kind of taking over the pass-catching responsibilities or the lead pass-catching responsibilities as that number one wide receiver for uh, the Giants. This week, it obviously didn't come to fruition with Sterling Shepard returning. I do think that he um, definitely looked like the best pass catcher for the Giants. It seems like they're still giving Evan Ingram. I think he led the team in targets, and he just seems, I don't know. I just, they have a lot of really weird play designs going on with Evan Ingram in general. You know, they're getting him on some well, reverses, some other screens. how often they're trying to get him the football on carries. I know he only right. finished with two carries in this game, but like to give Evan Ingram carries behind line of scrimmage just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I mean, you have better talent than that. I mean, Evan Ingram finished right. with two carries for three yards, but like, 
I don't think that is a valuable play in the New York Giants system. I think you're much better off throwing to him downfield. I think, yeah, he finished with nine targets in this game. 17 yards was his longest reception. Yeah, I liked what Wayne Gallman actually brought out of the backfield in, you know, when they were trying to kind of salt away that game. Um, you know, he had some, a few decent runs. And he definitely looks like the clear back without Saquon Barkley, you know, basically being relevant at this point in time. So that's well, you know, I one thought Devontae like. Freeman was going to be that guy for that. Yeah, Devontae just, Freeman only finished with three carries for three eight carries. yards in this game. Yeah. One target, I'm basically. How Wayne I don't know. Yeah. It's been bad. I'm interested to see how Wayne Gallman gets more involved moving forward. Let's get to prize picks, which if you're unfamiliar with prize picks, it is the it is an awesome site. Like you're they, they give you options to pick kind of parlay PPR props together so in the nfl they'll give you you know say Devonte adams at 20 and a half ppr points over under and you can parlay that with two or three other props that they offer to bet on the nfl they also offer those same type of games on golf mma at you know college football baseball what is your opinion overall of prize picks i know the nfl is intriguing we'll get to some of our picks there but i, I i'm a huge fan of this website yeah, I do. I like it actually a lot too. I think it's really simple from a user interface perspective, but I really like the fact that they have, you know, a lot of fantasy offerings for NCAA, which is something that I'm definitely yes. uh, learning, like enjoying a lot more. And I think is actually a much more untapped market. So just from that perspective, the fact that they're offering some of these, you know, quote unquote parlay type bets from a fantasy perspective for NCAA games, I think it's just a huge um, opportunity for people that are kind of, you know, more invested in watching these games on a daily, you know, a weekly basis to actually uh, find some decent value and opportunities. And I do think they give, you know, a lot of bonuses, deposit bonuses and other things else. So you can kind of wager money that uh, you're not even necessarily putting forth to kind of get your feet wet in these prize picks, you know, contests. So it's definitely a site that I am checking out basically, you know, every, every island type game, every Friday yes. and Saturday night for college football. And then, uh, you know, Sunday as we gear up towards NFL, I definitely get some plays in on prize picks every day as well. So I've got two absolute money makers for you here. Let's ben. hear them. I I need ha- them. I'm I need hammering them. these um, prize picks here. And they're two unders. And I know the world hates to root for unders. We hate to root for unders in totals. We hate to root for unders in props. But these are two unders that I like according to PFF's PPR Fantasy Projections, which you can get with an Edge or Elite subscription. But it's under... 19.0 PPR points for Derrick Henry against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Titans are going to be down in this game early. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is legit. They're going to put the Titans in a situation where they need to throw the football. And I think Derrick Henry is not going to see the touches he doesn't see in other games. I think he finishes under. According to PFS PPR projections, we have him, I think, around 16.1 PPR points in this game. And the under, the other under I like is probably the hottest name in fantasy football right now and it's mike davis of the carolina panthers he's also projected according to prize picks at 19.0 ppr points i'm taking that under against the new orleans saints as well because i think that's going to be another game where teddy bridgewater and company are going to be asked to throw the football against the new orleans saints i think both those backs go under that 19 mark I'm, i'm hammering that this week yeah, I love it. I love it. So we sat here, I think, two weeks ago. We talked about the same exact prize picks setup, but I said I was fading Mike Davis, and he went absolutely off on me. I think I told <laughs> some people as well that he was, you know, I would start, J- you know, James Robinson over him. I would not play Mike Davis, and I got some flack for that when he went off for like 29 fantasy points. But I definitely like going back to the well at this point in time, and I do think Christian McCaffrey, I think Carolina goes on a bye after this week. I think Christian McCaffrey is essentially going to be back. So he's probably a selling point at this time if you think you can get anything for him before this performance coming up on the Saints but I'm going one under I do like Stefan Diggs under 17.5 fantasy points uh up against the New York Jets I do think that he um 
they should obviously be up by a few touchdowns here consistently, so I don't think they're going to be throwing as much in the second half. So if he doesn't get one of those early touchdown opportunities, I do think he's going to have a difficult time getting over this kind of inflated uh, fantasy projection, in my opinion. So that's what I like. And then I'm going to pivot off of your analysis a little bit. You did say Derrick Henry under 19 fantasy points. Uh, Titans are going to have to throw the ball more. I do think that's going to lead to a De- uh, decent amount of volume for AJ Brown, so I kind of like him going over 15 fantasy yes. points. Of course, the, of course, the matchup isn't necessarily great by its perspective. I think uh, our fantasy projections basically fall right in line with that number, but I'm still willing to bet that he probably gets just a little bit more volume than what we're currently projecting, and I do think that if that happens, he's definitely going to get over the uh, 15 fantasy points because he's really the one option as far as pass catchers for the Titans at this point in time, so I've kind of been riding yeah, him. I, I, I love the AJ Brown over. That was going to be my pick for if I had to bet on an over, which I think is important to do in the prize pick segment of the right. daily betting podcast. I always kind of clamor after unders. There's market there, you know, there's definitely like market inefficiency on unders. People want to root for overs in this league. But I think if there was another over I was going to take, it's going to be Mapletron. Chase Claypool of the Pittsburgh Steelers going against the Tennessee Titans for that same reason. For that same reason, I think they're going to be throwing the football. And I know Deontay Johnson is back healthy. I know fantasy football fans love Deontay Johnson. I'm a big fan too, the guy out of Toledo. But I think I'm going to fade him coming back a little bit and still see Chase Claypool see significant volume in this game so much that he goes over that 13.0 mark according to Prize Picks. I like that as an over if we were going to sweat or bet an over on Prize Picks. What's your opinion of Mapletron and the over for Chase? Yeah, I I like it as well. I'm not as big of Deontay Johnson fan as it seems like most fantasy oh, analysts on. are. I don't know what I don't know what it is, and not but Juju Smith Schuster essentially isn't involved whatsoever. I think he has the uh, you know, a couple of people have tweeted it out, but the lowest average one of the lowest average depth of targets um, of anybody who has basically 25 or more targets from the wide receiver position. So his targets just aren't valuable at this point in time. This offense is basically running through Chase Claypool. So I do like over 13 fantasy points. I do think that's probably um, a valid play at this point in time. So I don't know. I'm excited. I think this is a great Sunday slate of NFL Absolutely. games. That, this game, uh, these games are going to be awesome. Right. I know. I know. But yeah, we'll see. You guys got to check out Greenlight. NFL Greenlight was actually all over the Giants tonight to cover four and a half points. So that was a good win for us. The prop tool was a little bit dicey. I think uh, the fact that both quarterbacks threw interceptions tonight was kind of a detriment to our uh, player props tool, unfortunately. But other than that, it was pretty decent night overall from uh, a betting perspective for PFF. So it's got to be good. I'm a huge fan of the props tool. And I mean, obviously, we're PFF guys. We love what PFF brings to the table. NFL and NCAA Greenline are betting dashboards that give you projections on the spread, the total, the money line. You can bet those for the NFL and NCAA. But the interactivity of the player props tool, which is available in the Elite subscription at PFF, really does allow you to, depending on the book, if you're betting on smooth bets, Bavada, you know, whatever it may be you're getting your, you know, putting your bets on, you can adjust the pricing or the VIG to kind of match where you're getting to see where the value is. And that thing has cleaned up this year. I mean, right. George is feeding children with the player props tool so far this year. George Chahuri, our, our uh, director the of content here, does the prop king. If you don't know him by George, you know him as the prop king. Uh, I, I'm going to mention one more over. I'm going to mention one more just to just to just to help everybody out here. Tease it up. You know, in, in this one here, we have obviously Robbie Anderson, who has been kind of the god in Carolina, the number one receiver for Teddy Bridgewater and company at 16 and a half. But right down the line, you have DJ Moore going against the New Orleans Saints at 15. And I think Robbie Anderson is going to demand Marshawn Lattimore, who hasn't had the best start of the 2020 season, but I still think is a top flight corner in the NFL. DJ Moore, on the other hand, who ranks inside the top five in PFF yards per run, is only at 15. 
I like him as an over potential. He gets that touchdown and enough targets, enough volume to kind of go over that number. That is another over I'm rooting for. And I'm leaving you with that. Ben, a fantastic daily betting podcast. Always appreciate when we get together after Thursday night. Finally have a Thursday night game. The previous week, we didn't have one. It was a good one. I like the second half. I do love prize picks. I'm, I'm excited to hammer these props we went out. Until next time, Ben Brown, Asa Gale, the daily betting podcast. Thank you.